Hello everyone, welcome to Reason for Hope once again. We're glad you are joining us here for another live hour of your questions on the Bible. That's what we are here for and a reason for hope. If you have questions about the Bible, might be a verse or passage of scripture you'd like to ask about. What does it mean? How does it apply to your life? Maybe something you're going through in your life, you'd like to know what's a biblical perspective. What's a biblical perspective on things going on in the world, the state of the world? Um, maybe even other religions and worldviews. How does that compare to what the Bible says and Christianity? Anything along those lines, as long as it's an honest question, as long as you know that we are going to give you an answer from God's Word, the Bible. That's what we're about here at Reason for Hope. So we're very glad you're joining us. So we have multiple platforms where we're streaming live to. I'll be going over those in just a moment, just so you know how to join us and how to get your question to us. As I mentioned, we are live and receiving your questions for the next hour here. My name is Dave Robson. I'm your host today. I'll be checking all those platforms as you send your questions in with us today. It's just just the two of us, me and Pastor Scott Richards here. How <laughs> the you skeleton doing? crew. The skeleton crew. <laughs> That's, That's right. The few, the faithful. <laughs> That's right. The handsome. Yes. And the, other. the debonair. <laughs> yes, as it were. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I'm wearing my little English hat here. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. You doing good today? I'm doing fantastic. It's good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, being good, here. Good to be here. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about today. Yeah. You yeah. often give us an update on things going on, obviously, right now in Israel and the Middle East. Pastor Scott is the senior pastor here at Calvary Christian Fellowship here in Tucson, Arizona, where we are streaming from. Uh, Reason for Hope is a, an outreach of Calvary Christian Fellowship. Keep that in mind when you're trying to find us, because uh, a lot of the platforms are Calvary Christian Fellowship platforms. Uh, but we're with you Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. here in Tucson, Arizona, Mountain Standard Time. Of course, you can join us all around the world through the internet. If you go to our website, calvarychristianfellowship.com, that's a great home base for you. Click on that Watch Live tab uh, before you do or while you're there or go back. You can check out our website. There's lots of events that we have coming up, Bible studies, support groups. So we have our Israel conference actually coming up. Israel comes to you uh, coming up real soon, not this weekend, but the next weekend. So you might want to get on board with that. But there's lots of information there for you. Calvary Christian Fellowship of um, Tucson or calvarychristianfellowship.com, I should say. Click on that Watch Live tab, and that will take you to our live page. We're streaming there live right now. ccftucson.online.church is the direct link to get there as well. You can sign in with a username and uh, then send your question in through the chat function there. I'll be right there with you. When we're offline, you'll see a countdown to our next event. You'll see a schedule of upcoming events as well. So it might be something else that interests you. You might want to check out our services here at Calvary Christian Fellowship. We try to stream live pretty much everything we do, even our men's breakfasts and women's prayer breakfasts and things like that, even though you can't really eat the bacon through the internet, but you can see the teaching portion. So um, that's a great place for you to go, ccftucson.online.church or calvarychristianfellowship.com, and the Watch Live tab will get you to the same place. We're on Facebook as well, live right there, CCF Tucson on Facebook, or look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. That's another way to send your question in through the chat function. Uh, don't forget to like and share. We'd appreciate that to spread the word, literally. Uh, we have an app as well for your mobile device, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson again. Look for that red background with the white Calvary Chapel Dove logo. That's our app, and you can access all kinds of goodies on there. We have a channel on Roku and Apple TV as well, so look for us in your channel store. You can add us as a channel, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. We are live on YouTube. A Reason for Hope is the name of the channel to look for on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and all that good stuff. We'd appreciate that as well. 
If you go to that live tab, anytime we've been live, it archives there for you. So if you missed the show, we also post a uh, question of the week as well. Uh, some of the most pertinent questions. So you can check those out and other video content that we upload. A Reason for Hope on YouTube. Pastor Scott here is on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling themselves these days. <laughs> X, I believe. Yes. X, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, panel there is, uh, is a little dated. Dated. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to update that, get a new <laughs> screenshot. It's getting old fangled, but uh, yeah, Scott Richards, um, Scott R4H, you can follow along with him. Scott, letter R, number four, letter H on X or Twitter, and he posts updates, things going on more immediately there. So follow along with him. We're on Rumble as well. That's kind of a newer to us platform, newer platform in general. We're not live on Rumble, but we post video content, a reason for hope, Bible Q&A there on Rumble. And then our email address, should you want to send us your uh, question, uh, through that method questions for hope at gmail.com is our email address uh, we're with you on the radio as well reach radio and some other radio affiliates but keep in mind we're not live on the radio you're listening to the last show that we did pre-recorded so you'll want to use that email address questions for hope at gmail.com to send your question in and we'll get to that on our next show so once again we are live we're here for your questions Please make it a, a, an honest and sincere question. We appreciate that. But any question at all um, about the Bible, uh, anything that relates to the Bible, God's Word, Christianity, anything along those lines, you're more than welcome to send those in. And that will kind of create our, our um, show today. We never know where it's going to go. So, well... Scott, would you like to pray for us before we go any further? And I believe you have an update of some goings on as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a bit, as a matter okay. of fact. Uh, Lord, thanks so much that we have this opportunity here today to explore your word together. And Lord, we thank you for each and every person participating with their questions. We pray that uh, we would answer these questions, not based on our takes or our political persuasions or, or anything else, uh, but instead, let your word be the lamp unto our feet and light unto our path, that we would share your truth, your whole truth, and nothing but your truth, as you give us the grace to do so. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all of the supporters that pray for this pro program daily. Lord, uh, we do pray that you would be honored and glorified. And as this message goes out literally all around the world, that wherever people are uh, accessing this uh, podcast, that they would be edified, exhorted, and comforted according to the work of your Spirit. Uh, fill us now and uh, allow uh, this to be a time that not just matters in the here and now, but matters forever because you're honored and glorified. In mm. Jesus' name, amen. Mm. amen. 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 Great prayer. Thank you. Uh, well, what's the, what's the latest? Well, uh, it's sort of uh, a question of what is not happening uh, in the world these days. Uh, just uh, incredible uh, developments going on uh, in, uh, all across the world. Uh, a number of, uh, of pretty crucial things are happening. Apparently, uh, our friends, the Houthi rebels in uh, the uh, south part of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, uh, that uh, one little strait that uh, leads into the Red Sea and the Sinai, uh, I should say, the uh, Suez Canal and so on, 15% of all international commerce going through this area, they have uh, launched an unprecedented level of uh, missiles and drones against uh, shipping targets in that area. Apparently, a number of uh, U.S. warships have been involved with intercepting these drones, and none of them were able to uh, do any damage uh, to these uh, particular tankers and, and uh, ships that are maneuvering in that area. But uh, suffice it to say, uh, the idea of stepping up the game, so, so to speak, 
uh, probably has an awful lot to do with some things happening here domestically. Uh, one of the big stories that is breaking is U.S. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, uh, apparently in uh, late December, uh, checked in to Walter Reed Hospital to have uh, prostate cancer surgery. Uh, he did not inform the Biden administration that he was going through this particular procedure, although he was under general anesthesia throughout. Uh, the uh, the in- incident became a little bit more strange when uh, Secretary Austin experienced a number of significant complications as a result of this surgery and uh, was re-hospitalized for the better part of a week. Uh, the bottom line is the Secretary of Defense was uh, essentially out of the loop uh, for the better part of two weeks. And uh, speaking of out of the loop, no one in the Biden administration knew that he was out of the loop uh, during this particular time. Uh, and so the, uh, the confusion uh, that comes from this particular incident uh, has, uh, I think, in a sense, emboldened the enemies, and we may be seeing that in the actions of the uh, Houthis in uh, this uh, part of the world. Uh, the uh, other uh, things that are going on uh, that I think uh, need to be uh, pointed out to you all is apparently our U.S. Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, has appealed to Israeli officials allow the residents of northern Gaza Strip uh, to return to their homes. Well, the Israeli officials immediately objected to all of this because uh, we, if you're not keeping score at home and paying attention to current events, Hamas does not fight in uniform. Uh, there is no way to distinguish between a Hamas terrorist and a civilian. So uh, for Israel to be in control of northern Gaza, uh, which is uh, something that uh, was uh, not an easy thing to accomplish, uh, only to be told by the United States essentially to surrender the position, go back to uh, the situation as it was beforehand. Uh, I think it's kind of silly on a couple of uh, levels. Uh, first of all, northern Gaza, as a result of the war that has gone on there, is barely habitable at this point. Uh, to have people go back to this particular site uh, seems like a non-starter to begin with. To me, but secondly, uh, you know, again, there are a number of commentators, including uh, our friend Amir Sarfati, who have said that this is a direct confrontation between the United States administration and the Israeli government. Uh, Amir would say that it does appear uh, that uh, Joseph Biden, doing what politicians do, looking at his poll numbers. Uh, realizes that there is a pretty formidable or significant constituency within uh, his particular uh, political uh, side of the aisle that is absolutely in support of Hamas in this set of circumstances and is absolutely against uh, Israel continuing on. Uh, and so uh, at a, um, a speech at a church uh, in uh, this uh, last Sunday, uh, uh, President Biden's remarks uh, were interrupted by pro-Palestinian protesters, at which time Biden made some equivocal remarks about continuing to support Israel in terms of them uh, conducting this campaign to the end of absolutely defeating Hamas. And so it's kind of going back and forth. Uh, the uh, the uh, notion that the United States is backing away from Israel or putting pressure on Israel to engage in some kind of a ceasefire would uh, be nothing but a win 
uh, for Hamas at this particular point. To add to this, things are continuing to heat up on the northern border with Lebanon, the Hezbollah guerrillas there, uh, the uh, daily uh, exchange uh, of fire uh, that is happening up there. It does appear uh, to be accelerating. To add to this, Iran is now preparing for their largest military exercise ever held in the country. Uh, it will be a combination of the Iranian army and the Iran Revolutionary Guards and uh, is considered the largest uh, since military exercises ever began in Iran. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, these combined forces are uh, coalescing near the southern border of Iran, uh, which uh, borders Iraq and is just a hop, skip, and a jump uh, away from uh, entering into, say, areas like Syria, Lebanon, and, of course, northern Israel. So uh, things could definitely uh, be heating up uh, along this line. Uh, the, uh, the other uh, thing that we want to point out to you, we mentioned uh, uh, on Monday that there was uh, grievous news coming out of, uh, of Gaza regarding Israel. Apparently there was an accidental detonation of a series of explosives that Israel had been putting in place to destroy up a terror tunnel. A Israeli tank uh, that wasn't involved with the engineers setting up the various uh, charges and explosives uh, had moved into position uh, to be able to take out what it perceived as a, a hostile actor moving in on this particular operation. Well, unfortunately, this uh, tank charge fired and triggered uh, the explosives that Hamas had already put inside this terror tunnel, resulting in uh, the deaths uh, currently of nine IDF uh, soldiers and another 12 seriously injured. It's a very, very disconcerting thing uh, that is happening mm -hmm. at this particular time. So we definitely need to be praying uh, for the uh, the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, in uh, world politics, uh, it appears that South Africa, of all nations, is pursuing a case against uh, Israel for genocide in the International Criminal Court. Uh, we'll have to see how that uh, continues uh, to go on. Uh, and uh, it is uh, very interesting to be able to see uh, how these things uh, are happening. Uh, it does uh, seem like there is a selective form of outrage as far as Israel being involved in situations where civilians uh, are dying. There's no doubt about that. But we need to ask ourselves the question, why are civilians dying in Gaza? It is because uh, Hamas in Gaza has as their uh, number one standard uh, for uh, tactical operations using human shields. They will put civilians between themselves and harm's way with the idea that if Israel does attack them and civilians die, well, you know, once again, the bad actors get to get away because these human shields take the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, they score propaganda points in international media, especially outlets, uh, no offense intended, Dave, uh, like the BBC uh, that... Uh, don't seem to find a Hamas talking point they don't uh, really enjoy. Mm. Uh, in a situation like that, uh, that is uh, basically how they're conducting themselves. Mm. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, once again, we see that uh, these uh, so-called civilians uh, are, uh, are the ones uh, that uh, our government is saying uh, need to go back into northern Gaza. Essentially, it would be another way 
of uh, restarting a cycle of war all over again. Mm -hmm. So we definitely need to be praying for those in our government. Uh, we definitely need, need to be praying as far as the weakness perceived in our government with the uh, Lloyd Austin uh, situation going on the way that it did. Uh, if the Secretary of Defense is that uh, dispensable, if you will, it makes you wonder why we have one in the first place, especially yeah. with uh, not just uh, the situation going on in Israel, not just the situation continuing to happen in Ukraine, but we are uh, told right before airtime that uh, South Korea is uh, beefing up its forces in the border with North Korea in light of some very threatening moves North Korea is making in that neck of the woods. Uh, we've also been told by reports that Chairman Xi of the uh, Communist uh, Chinese Party has told uh, our government that it isn't a question of if, but when uh, China will invade uh, Taiwan and try to bring it back under uh, red Chinese control. So with all these hot spots in the world and uh, all the uh, seemingly disorganization that is happening uh, in our current administration, uh, you know, we could uh, ask ourselves the question, what does 2024 look like? Well, yeah. in short, it looks like a mess. Yeah. But one of the things we need to remember is that God is ultimately in control. Uh, one of a very important uh, important scriptures for us to remember is one that's found in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 13, uh, where uh, we're reminded to keep our eyes where they really need to be. Uh, we are told uh, in uh, Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing that the time, knowing the time that now is high time to awaken out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So, uh, you know, again, here we see where prophecy gets practical. Our number one priority as Christians is to walk in love. And that can be more difficult than it sounds. One of the uh, really disconcerting signs of the times that I think we see is that the love of most would grow cold, Jesus warned. Uh, you take a, a visit into social media, we not only uh, see this in terms of Christians sniping at each other, but the vast amount of anti-Semitism that is being uh, promoted by people who claim to be Christians, mm -hmm. uh, the absolute uh, lack of of love charitably, uh, but sometimes out and out hate. Uh, had an inter interesting interaction with someone uh, where I posted something that's saying, uh, if what you call your Christianity involves hating with a broad brush a group of people and individuals you've never met before, you may want to consider whether you're a Christian at all. Mm. Uh, that uh, offended some people saying, well, you know, it might be a sin, but I don't know how you can question their salvation. But remember something, uh, you know, we are told that uh, we are not to be, as John told us in First John, as Cain, who hated his brother and slew him. Why? Because his deeds were righteous and his were evil. Uh, it seems very, very clear in the Scripture that if uh, we can't figure out that we are to be loving people, 
not just loving those who love us back, not just loving those who might share our Christian convictions, but walking in love across the board, yeah. I think we've missed something major in this world. And who knows, maybe that's part of what that prediction Jesus made was all about, about yeah. the love of most and growing cold. But we are to remember that uh, even in the midst of all the uh, darkness and disconcerting news, that uh, there is good news. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Uh, there is nothing that would prevent Jesus from coming back at any time. And uh, the more that I see this world going on, the more I see uh, that uh, Jesus not only is the answer for this world, he is the only hope that will ever sustain us in this world. So we need to live in light of all that. We need to put on the full armor of God. We need to realize we're not in a playground. We're in a battleground. We also need to put aside things. We just simply don't have the luxury to indulge in anymore, right. uh, quite frankly. You know, if there are things that are leading you away from God, if you've got one foot in the Christian world and one foot in the worldly world, boy, it's time to make up your mind. You know, we need to uh, decide that we're going to be all in for Jesus because if uh, we're not all in, I think we'll be all out sooner mm -hmm. or later. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, so, so what, you know, to what extent as Christians do we become political? Do we get involved in that kind of thing, changing, you know, more recent years, gay marriage, abortion, things like that? You know, to what point do we continue to push and get involved in petitioning for these things to, to you know, Christian ethics and morals to be a part of the law? Where does, where's the line in, in all of that? Or do we just have peace that God is in control and we don't get involved in that kind of thing? Like, where is the line? Well, God's in, in control, but he's also in control of our lives as individuals. And uh, when we say God is in control, uh, you know, I'm, I always hearken back to uh, uh, Mordecai's famous words to Esther, uh, perhaps God has raised you up for such a time as this. Uh, one of the reasons that we live in this time and place is uh, to be salt and light. Yeah. We are not accidentally here. None of our lives happened just by happenstance. Mm -hmm. God knew who we would, when we would come into this world, when we would come to Christ, the good works that he prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, specifically tailored and appropriate for the times that we live in and for the situation we live in. Uh, you know, once again, we got to uh, take a step back, and I know this Broadcast goes all around the world, and different forms of government uh, are probably uh, represented in, uh, as being over some of our listeners mm -hmm. and viewers. But uh, the fact of the matter is, here in the United States, we still live in a representative form of democracy. Uh, we still have uh, the ability to be able to express our opinions to those who bill themselves as our representatives. Mm. And I believe that we as believers, uh, having been given this remarkable privilege, uh, the vast majority of human history uh, did not really involve this sort of uh, give and take, this sort of right. representative form uh, of democracy. But we're in this unique situation, and since we are in this unique situation, I really believe that the Lord wants us to take full advantage of that in mm. terms of being salt and light. And so what I would encourage people to do is if you are in favor of the United States standing stalwartly uh, with Israel, uh, I would, uh, again, write a respectful but uh, direct uh, letter to those who are your senators and uh, your uh, congressional representatives mm -hmm. and say, I really desire for you to represent my voice and stand with Israel in the midst of all of this, mm -hmm. in the midst of uh, the, the, the horrific atrocities that have been leveled against them. 
that I don't think is becoming too political. Uh, you know, when we take a look at the issue of abortion, uh, some people will look back at uh, Nazi Germany and ask the question, why were the German people so silent and so passive uh, when the Holocaust was going on? Yeah. But I can't help but think that uh, someday we may stand before the Lord and he may ask us the same question when another yeah. Holocaust is going on. The uh, evisceration, the, the, the torturous murder of helpless unborn children. Yeah. And so do we as Christians just say, well, you know, it's kind of a political issue or people disagree about all this. Or do we say, well, how did Jesus feel about children? Mm -hmm. And he said, let the little children come to me and don't forbid them for mm -hmm. such is the kingdom of God. He says, he said, if a person causes even one of these little ones to stumble, it'd be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and tossed in the sea. Mm -hmm. Seemed pretty adamant yep. about standing for helpless children. Mm -hmm. That seems to me to be a, a, an unequivocal uh, Christian value that we should stand for. Now, if you've got other issues, you know, like you don't like zoning in a particular part of your town or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, tax situation or something like this, well, then I think those are things where we need to keep our powder dry. Uh, not every issue that comes up uh, in the media is necessarily a Christian issue. But every time we see one of these values that is clearly represented in the Word of God uh, come into the forefront, we, like anyone else in our society, have every right to be able to express our convictions. And even more so, we should express our convictions, speaking the truth in love, knowing that we are ambassadors for Christ. Not only in the sense that we share the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world that needs to be reconciled to him. That's certainly part of that ambassadorship. But an ambassador represents the perspectives and the point of view of the uh, government that sent him. We are sent here and we are part of the kingdom of God. And so we should represent the kingdom of God, even to the secular world around us. Now, yeah. the secular world will do everything to try to shut us down and to say, uh, you know, how dare you? And you're, you're pushing your morality on me. Well, why does that door only seem to go one way? Uh, it seems to me that uh, there's an awful lot of anti-Christian moralities that don't mm -hmm. seem to have any problem whatsoever of using school boards and uh, state legislatures and things along this line to uh, promote their particular points of view, which are absolutely anti-Christian. So uh, if uh, it's sauce for the goose, I guess it's sauce for the gander. We as Christians should be willing to stand for these things as well. Uh, understanding that we've got to be uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves, for sure. We don't want to become so politicized that we forget about sharing the good news of Jesus because you, until you change the hearts of men, you've changed nothing. Right. But that doesn't mean that we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm. Um, we can be good citizens. And we can be witnesses for Jesus all uh, in, in the same time without uh, one dominating the expense of the other. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks for keeping us up today and sharing those things. Uh, we have some questions coming in. Thank you for that. Once again, uh, send your question in whatever platform you're on. I'll be checking those as we go along on the show here. Uh, question from Taylan. Interesting question. Uh, do you think the the abolition of monarchies and hereditary rule paired with the industrial revolution has contributed to the increase of lack of faith in god do you think one contributed to it more or was it the perfect combination to fuel self-reliance and distraction it's interesting one of the first 
people I met when I first came over to the States 20 years ago now said to me, you know, I kind of um, envy you in a way being from England because you know what it is to have a, mon a monarchy, you know, a king. Right. I mean, it was queen at the time, of course, but to have that kind of royalty, you know, and I think he, he said we kind of lack that in the States, what it is, you know, to have a God who is the king. I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But, but Taylor's question, do you think that the, the lack of a monarchy has contributed to our um, lack of faith in God or influenced that? Or? You know, uh, yeah, I I guess the, the the thing that I would tell you, Talon, is the system is never the solution. Hmm. That would be right. the first thing that I would tell you. Uh, you know, no matter what form of government you are under, uh, the the fact of the matter is the kingdom of God is not uh, tangible and political; it's spiritual. Uh, the reason that I think we see a decline uh, in morality and uh, authentic spirituality and a rise in, say, the uh, frauds and those that would promote, say, living to stimulate your nerve endings, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, twofold. First of all, we live in a fallen world. Uh, the Bible tells us that this world, uh, I guess to uh, paraphrase C.S. Lewis, is as close as a uh, sinner will ever get to heaven, as close as a saint will ever get to hell. Right. Uh, we are told in the book of 1 John that the whole world lies uh, voluntarily, very comfortably, under the sway of the evil one. This mm -hmm. world system, driven by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, is what dominates in this world. And since the Bible is true, uh, man's not getting better, we're getting worse. Yeah. Uh, boy, read Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 uh, has been called a description of the de-evolution of man, mm. because as we reject the knowledge of God, God gives us over to do things which aren't proper. Mm. Because we want to go ahead and do that, uh, I will allow you to exercise your free will with certain parameters and certain restraints, but uh, have at it. Sin, in a sense, pays its own wage. The wages of sin is death, mm. not only ultimate physical death, but death in life. And, and so when we see things, I guess, rolling downhill, uh, a particular form of governance uh, is not going to be what actually solves the problem. Now, it can slow down the process a bit, but even in, uh, just to use the example of the United States, representative form of democracy, uh, a uh, idea where all men are uh, considered equal, endowed by the creator with certain inalienable mm -hmm. rights. Uh, even with uh, the U.S. Constitution, which is a brilliant document, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, to guide and direct, uh, we can't say the United States has been this uh, city on a hill, if you will, this shining light, right. this, this uh, incredible beacon of righteousness mm -hmm. in this world. It's not that we are worse than other countries, but in a sense, we're no better, why? Because no matter what system you have in place, it still involves fallen, sinful human beings. Right. You know, you have a great leader like Abraham Lincoln, but for every Lincoln, there's a John Wilkes Booth. Mm. Um, you know, you have a John F. Kennedy, and then you've got a Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm. Uh, you have uh, individuals that uh, will do their best to represent Christian values. Uh, at the highest uh, echelons of government, and then you see people that will put on a phony face just to uh, win the votes of the rubes. Yep. Um, you know, the, 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 the system never is the solution. Mm. And uh, when the, this question comes up even concerning church government, you know, there are those who uh, fall in this trap of believing that if we can just 
perfect a system of church governance, a way of doing ministry, then we're really going to get somewhere in this world. Uh, You know, I've seen people say, oh man, you got to have small groups. The church should be built on small groups. The reason the church is messed up is we just all get together in one big uh, glommed together body. And boy, if we just had small groups, uh, that'd be great. Well, small groups are great and and they're a blessing, but uh, small groups can also be, you know, a uh, incubator for false teaching and and, uh, division in the church. And I've seen both happen. Uh, you know, I've seen people who say, well, you know, the, the problem is there's just one senior pastor and we're going to have team teaching. That's going to solve the problem. Mm. Well, you know, if your team teaching ends up with, uh, you know, three versus two, as far as, you know, takes on scripture, your congregation is just going to be confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeker sensitivity in services. Should we reach out to non-believers and present the gospel in our services? Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when you gear your whole message toward the non-believer, you know what happens? The committed believer leaves and you have a congregation of non-believers yeah. or carnal Christians and pretty soon the whole thing implodes. Yeah. The, 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 the problem is not finding the right system. It's the spirit you bring to the system right. that really matters. And uh, you know, as far as kings and all of this uh, goes, uh, boy, just watch the crown on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I realize it's a fictionalized view of the monarchy, but it does, for instance, tell us uh, that some members of the monarchy were in cahoots with Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. and uh, were actively planning on uh, having Hitler installed him as king uh, after the war when mm-hmm. he talked uh, the British people into surrendering and so on. Uh, you know, was this, is that an indictment of the monarchy? No, but it's certainly an indictment of a monarch, even though the one who abdicated. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you look at a person like Queen Elizabeth II, I, I think, uh, you know, from my outsider's point of view, she seemed like a very sincere person who tried to do the right thing throughout her reign, but oftentimes she just got things wrong and came across as very calloused and unfeeling towards uh, people under a number of set of circumstances. So, you know, would monarchy solve our problems? Probably not. Right. Um, you know, and anybody that comes along and says, I've got the political answer to all of our problems. You know who says that? Karl Marx. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. The answer is inside of us. It's yep. not outside of us. Yep. The only way that this world is going to change for the better is if each of our individual worlds change for the better. If each right. individual person comes to know Jesus Christ as their savior, that's our only hope. Yeah. The, the other stuff, just window dressing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, but you. great question. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting question. Thank you, Taylan, for that. hope that helps you out. <clears throat> a question from Mike. Uh, we actually had this question yesterday, and he kind of clarified, but we thought we'd get your take on it as well, Scott, or your biblical sure. view on it. Um, talking about uh, kind of repentance as it uh, works with um, salvation. Uh, Mike says, I was trying to understand the gospel clearly uh, for example, people will say the way that Ray Comfort presents the gospel is wrong because he's telling people to repent from sin for salvation. And those people will say it's by faith in Christ alone, not repentance from sin, but faith in Christ only. So the, the issue is, do we, is repentance part of salvation? Do we repent from sin to be saved? Or is repentance not part of that? Or Well, I think we need to be careful uh, how we phrase things. And as yeah. far as Ray Comfort is concerned... Uh, you know, the, the, my best understanding of the way of the master and the way that he has presented things uh, to, uh, in a sense, defend him is not that he, uh, essentially uses the law of Moses 
uh, as a way of sharing with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not saying, for instance, uh, have you ever told a lie? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Well, what does that make you? Well, that makes liar. you a liar, yeah. you know, and, and, and so on. Have you ever had a lustful thought? Well, Jesus says that makes you an adulterer. Yeah. Uh, what he's trying to do is to get people that basically don't understand the idea that they've got a sin problem yeah. to see the fact that they do have a sin problem right. and that that is what's separating them from God. Right. If you don't know you have sin, uh, you're never going to seek a savior. Right. And, and in John chapter six and verse 11, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit came, he would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Yep. Uh, you know, again, sin because they don't believe in me. In other words, why don't we have a relationship with God? It's because we've rebelled against God. We've gone our own way. The Holy Spirit reveals to us that we are, in fact, in sin. Uh, you know, the, the, the distinction I think that we have to make, Mike, is, is this. When uh, we talk about repentance uh, and, and sin, if someone, and some people will, in, in a sense, use Ray Comfort's material and take it a step further and say, okay, if you want to become a Christian, you have to turn from all known sin. Well, I'm still trying to work on that. Uh, and I got <laughs> saved in 1973. Uh, if you're saying that you're sorry that you've fallen short of the glory of God in broad strokes at that particular point, great. But, you know, the, the idea of understanding that Jesus died for us on the cross also implicitly uh, gives us the, the, the clear statement that uh, Jesus had to do that for us in order to save us, in order to forgive us. If we don't think we need forgiveness, we'll never turn to, to the Savior for forgiveness. That's right. But to say that somehow uh, part of this process is getting your life together, and then you can come to Jesus. In other words, uh, Lordship Salvation advocates will yeah. say that every area of your life has to be surrendered to the Lordship of Christ or you're not saved at all. Mm. Well, what they're really saying is you have to get yourself to a place in this world where you don't need saving and then Christ will save you, which I think is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. So when I got saved, and Dave, maybe your experience was similar to mine, you know, I realized for the first time that Jesus died for me when he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. That's what came across to me in that, that theater in Oxnard, California, that Billy Graham film. And Jesus came to the world to show us the way and set us all free. When he died, he was saying, I love you. Yeah. He, he was dying for me because he loved me. And that just broke me. Mm. You know, I didn't realize, you know, categorically and specifically all the sins I'd committed, but I realized that I didn't have a relationship with God, that I'd rejected God, that I had mocked God's people. And I mean, some of those things were really evident to me and God still loved me. Yeah. And that just absolutely broke me. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was a mess when I finally realized that truth. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, the idea of repentance then for me was a change of mind about God. Instead of seeing God, uh, you know, as, as either a myth, uh, as I thought, as I thought he was, I didn't believe in God at all prior to becoming a Christian. Yeah. Uh, I realized God was real. Well, that's a change of mind. That's what the word repent means. The word metanoia, a change of mind. I realized that God is, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Uh, that uh, if I would turn to him, I could receive forgiveness in a relationship with him. 
Now, all these things were things that God revealed to me. It wasn't because I was smarter than the average bear. I'd done my theological homework. Mm-hmm. It, it was a work of God's Holy Spirit. And, and because of that, instead of trusting in myself, instead of trusting in all the things that I had learned from knee-high to a grasshopper in this world about reality and how to make my life full and meaningful and what the purpose of life was, I turned from all of that and I realized I had to follow Jesus. Yeah. And I, I didn't fully realize what that meant, right. uh, you know, in, in specific, but I realized that he was beckoning me to follow him literally with nail-scarred hands. Yeah. And I couldn't resist that kind of love. Right. I knew he loved me and I knew I wanted to respond to that love and I wanted to turn from those things that would grieve him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was as simple as it got at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, the theological nuance of all of that, <laughs> you know, gets worked out over time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. but, but that, I think, is what repentance is all about. And what Ray Comfort and others are trying to do with like the way of the master is kind of stir that up yep. inside of people, to right. allow the Holy Spirit to convict them of sin and then righteousness, that a right relationship with God is possible because Jesus has died and risen from the grave for us. Mm-hmm. And judgment, that I need to make a decision. And mm-hmm. I need to say yes to that relationship with God. And that decision is gonna have uh, eternal consequences. That's right, yeah. You know, but that's what the Holy Spirit reveals to us. You know, the, the, the hard thing that I think we get into sometimes is, um, you know, we, we put this kind of yoke on uh, people that are thinking about making a decision that we ourselves can't bear. Right. Jesus warned about that with the Pharisees. Yeah. Uh, you know, to say, clean up your act, get your life right, and then God will accept you. Well, that makes you less embarrassing to us in the church, mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Uh, but I don't know if that's got anything to do with salvation. No. No. You know. Yeah. I, I I think salvation in its most pristine form, as far as our part in it, was expressed by the thief in the cross when he said to the other thief, um, "You know, we deserve to be here. We we are receiving the just." recompense for our deeds this man's done nothing wrong mm. jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom um that's as simple as it gets right you know realizing we're on the outside looking in but that jesus beckons us into the very family of god yeah. that's what real yeah. repentance that's the repentance issue you see and that's what salvation's all about then sanctification begins don't get me wrong once we come into God's kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he loves us just the way we are today, but far too much to let us stay that way. Yeah. And so he begins to conform us into the image of Christ in our character. He uses all kinds of interesting tools, patience being one of the great yeah. ones uh, to accomplish that. Yeah. But, but you shouldn't get the cart before the horse. Right. And I think well-meaning people wanting to see people walk their talk. We can have hard, tough, uh, no compromise messages of salvation and strong yeah. preaching and all this other stuff. Yeah, I agree. I'm not uh, enamored of mealy mouths and people that are trying to, uh, you know, make uh, non-believers comfortable with the idea that if we come around to their side, that somehow they'll see things our way. I agree with all that, but uh, it, it doesn't help for us to out Bible the Bible when it comes to salvation. Yeah. You know, to make it tougher on other people because right. we're in. Right. So, yeah, 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 and it, like you said, with the the way of the master, it seems to me that's a that is a very biblical approach. We're told that the the law was our tutor, right? It's Galatians right. that talk about right. that to lead us to the point where we say, yeah. "I cannot do this." Yeah, and even the people that thought they could do it, the Pharisees, a big part of Jesus' ministry was to say, "Well, yeah, yeah, you haven't murdered, but if you've 
had hate in your heart, you've murdered in your heart. If you've looked lustfully, you've, you're right. an adulterer. You know, he took it deeper and deeper to that point. And that's, like you say, what the way of the master tries to do. Like you convince people that they, they need a yeah. savior because unless you know you need a savior, then you're not going to look for a savior. But. Yeah, and, and one other thing I think that needs to be said just about like the way of the master or sharing the four spiritual laws track or, you know, again, the Romans road or, you know, yeah. uh, evangelism explosion or, or things like this. <laughs> Um, these are all ways to share the gospel, but they're not the only ways right. to share the gospel. And some people will become so excited about the way of the master. They say, oh, you're not using the way of the master. You're not really sharing right. the truth, which I don't think is something that Ray Comfort would ever say. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, there's that enthusiasm that, uh, that people have for these sort of things. And, and uh, we, we just uh, need to have a lot of tools in our toolbox and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit as, as we share with people, because some people will respond to the way of the Master. Some won't. Right. Some people will respond to the four spiritual laws or steps to peace with God. Some won't. Yep. Um, you know, the thing that people ultimately respond to is God's truth gets shared, the Holy Spirit convicts, yep. and he is the one who does the work of conversion. Right. All these other things are just tools to allow us to be a part of the process. Right. Yeah. So, so don't just become so enamored of one approach yep. that, um, you know, you kind of look askance at people that aren't doing it your way. Right. Yeah. I've seen that it's about me being in the right place at the right time. And that's something that God puts yeah. together, yeah. you know, yeah. just, I yeah. could say a couple of words and someone will receive the law because they're just ripe and ready. You yeah. know, the work of the Holy Spirit has done that. There's other people I can see that there's just a veil that... God yeah. needs to take off in his time. You but, know. but but every person who comes to Christ, it's a miracle. It requires right. divine intervention. Right. Uh, you know, I think I heard it said once that, uh, you know, God didn't so love the world that he sent a tract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know he, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's right. And yeah. uh, he's remarkably creative and inventive about how he shares that truth yep. with uh, with different individuals yeah yeah and how yeah. cool we get to be part of that yeah it's very gracious well mike thanks for your, your question again it's a great thing to talk about and and uh kick around so thank you for that um question from bob bob as you would say uh i've been wondering about how a christian should walk in love in light of the millions of immigrants who are now illegally coming into the usa how does romans 13 apply here what is our reaction to the um well, the borders Ro and well, that whole well, situation. Well, Romans 13, I think, applies, Bob, in that um, illegal immigration is just that. It's illegal. Right. Um, you know, people say, oh, but they're coming from these, you know, and this and this. Well, you know, living where we do, so close to the border, uh, and having the church demographics that we do, uh, I have uh, talked to people that uh, went through all the legal steps and jumped through all the proper hoops in order to legally immigrate to this country, and mm -hmm. it was a very time-consuming and very expensive process. Yeah, uh, whenever, I'm one of, those, one of those people. <laughs> yeah, well, whenever I think about this, I think about uh, these other people that just, in a sense, jump the line. Yep. And then, you know, our government turns around and, you know, for political reasons, says, oh, well, you know, you can go ahead and stay, and guess what? Uh, if you're in Arizona, if you're an illegal uh, alien, you can vote in federal elections. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, well, uh, what's the advantage then of being a citizen at all? Yep. 
Um, so uh, when we talk about illegal immigration, okay, uh, you know, believe me, I understand people wanting to better their lives and so on. Uh, the United States was founded on that, uh, that uh, proposition. All of us, in a sense, are sons and daughters of immigrants. But there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And uh, when we say that it doesn't matter or that breaking the law is okay because of reasons, uh, we're saying something the Bible just doesn't say. You know, again, Bob, you mentioned Romans chapter 13. We are uh, told in no uncertain terms in this particular passage, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed from God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. See, I don't want to bring judgment on people. And so for me to say to somebody that is in this country illegally, oh, it's fine, don't worry about it, uh, I'm facilitating them ending up being in a situation where they're living a life that God's not going to bless because they're violating the law. Uh, as far as how you share with somebody along these lines, I guess maybe the best analogy I can give you, Bob, is if someone breaks into your house and steals a bunch of things, or threatens your life, but on the way out, the cops happen to catch this person and he is tried and put into jail, uh, I would say that that is justice. But my response as a believer, uh, I think, would be God-honoring if I went down to the jail where the guy was and just tell them in no uncertain terms that I forgive you for this, mm. I don't hold this against you personally, and this is why, because mm. Jesus has forgiven me for so much. You're not excusing the crime, right? Yep. But you are telling the person about how they can find forgiveness as well. Yeah. And so if uh, I encounter somebody who is, you know, say here illegally, um, you know, the thing I would really encourage them uh, to consider is having a personal relationship with Christ. And if the person says, well, I'm already a Christian, then I would say, well, if you're a Christian, then you need to realize that you're outside of God's will here and that he's not going to bless your life. What I would encourage you to do is to go back and begin the steps necessary to come here legally yeah. as an act of faith towards God. And uh, the Lord can open the doors or close the doors as he sees fit. Uh, he can provide uh, the wherewithal to be able to uh, get through the onerous system. The other thing I would say, you know, is if you're concerned about the onerousness of uh, people coming to this country, getting green cards and things along this line, well then be in touch, as we said earlier, with your elected representatives. Say, you know, hey, um, you know, we should come up with something like uh, the Bracero program that used to run, uh, where uh, individuals would be brought in from other countries who weren't citizens, particularly to do certain jobs. Mm. I will tell you one thing that I know from growing up where I did, and uh, my dad being an attorney who represented large landowners, he'd say, you know, if uh, we were to do away with illegal aliens, uh, my clients would go broke because they'd have to pay them minimum wage, they'd have to provide yeah. them benefits, they'd have to give them social security, they'd have to provide health and insurance. Cesar Chavez of, of the United Farm Workers Union mm. was absolutely adamantly, even almost violently opposed to illegal immigration. Why? Because they were taking jobs from the people who were in this country, were part of his union, mm. uh, and uh, again, it wasn't fair to them. So, you know, when when you take a look at this, you know, it's not as easy as it's usually painted in the press. And uh, one of the things I'll tell you is a lot of times the reason that our borders are so porous 
is because a lot of people know that they can exploit these workers and pay them next to nothing uh, in order to uh, maximize their profits, which I think is unrighteous at the the forefront, uh, which is oftentimes why you see the uh, Chamber of Commerce, say, uh, being at the forefront of uh, not having uh, closed borders and things along this line. So it's not just a conservative versus a liberal kind of an issue. Mm. It's an issue of righteousness. And God is all over the idea of not exploiting workers yep. uh, and not uh, paying people their due wages and all of this. We see this in the scripture. So, right. you know, where we ought to stand is, uh, you know, again, if this is a sensitive issue for you, uh, the Lord's prompting you to do this, talk to your representative. Hmm. Say that this is how I see this issue and, you know, what can we do, you know, to bring uh, some kind of sanity to uh, the whole idea of immigration policy right. in this country. If you feel it's unjust, uh, well, let's stand for justice there. But let's not facilitate uh, law-breaking and lawlessness by just having a completely uh, porous open border yeah, right. with no way of telling who's coming in at this point. You know, we start to see individuals showing up on the terrorist watch list right. being apprehended by Border Patrol agents. Yeah. That's very dangerous mm-hmm. for us all. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, we have to be very careful of that. Yes, that's right. Well, Bob, thank you. Hope that helps you out. Question from Dave. Uh, hello, Pastor Scott. What is your thoughts on the Easy English Bible? I don't know if you're familiar with that translation, the Easy English Bible. Maybe even what, what translation do you prefer, if any? Or? You know, I'm not uh, familiar with the Easy English Bible, uh, per se. It sounds like another one of those, um, uh, in a sense, uh, dynamic equivalence mm. translations. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at it specifically, so I can't give you you know chapter and verse about this. But oftentimes, and uh, you know, just by its very nature, what it is attempting to do is to make the message of the Bible as accessible as possible to people by uh, kind of toning down a lot of the highfalutin language. Uh, you know, not too many of us know what the meaning of the word propitiation is. <laughs> uh, you know, some of us don't even know what the word atoning sacrifice is. Yep. And so, some people will uh, try to, in a sense, uh, bring it down. You know, like J. Vernon McGee would famously say, "Put the." The cook is on the shelf where the kiddies can get at them, mm. you know, and I think there's a value to that. I remember the first Bible that I read as a brand new believer was the Way Living Bible, mm. uh, and that is a paraphrase. It's not even a translation. It's oh, what wow. a guy named Kenneth Taylor thought the Bible was saying, mm. but, uh, you know, it did get me acquainted with the Bible, but then after a while, I started uh, wondering you know, who this guy implied was because there were all these footnotes that said implied, 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 implied. And every time that was (laughs) Kenneth Taylor's take on what a scripture uh, Mm -hmm. had to me. Well, the wonderful thing about that is, is that back in that era, you were kind of stuck with either like the old King James or say the living Bible or the good news with the stick figures and stuff like I'm dating myself there. (laughs) But, uh, but you know, the, 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 the key thing is communicating God's truth and balancing two things. Number one, we want to be able to understand it, but we also want to know that as close as possible, the English being rendered there is as close to what was written in the original as it can possibly be. Because when we say that the Bible is inspired by God, authoritative and inerrant, we're talking about the original manuscripts. We're not talking about any English translation there. And so as close as an English translation will get to the original, the better off we are. And so because of that, uh, what I tend to recommend for people is an easy-to-follow, 
word-for-word translation. Now, word-for-word is different than dynamic equivalence. Dynamic equivalence is someone saying, well, I think this is the thought-for-thought as to what this passage meant. But a word-for-word says, no, we're going to try to take the original text and translate it Mm word-for-word into English. Well, you know, again, one of the the reasons we teach through the New King James Bible here at uh, Calvary Christian Fellowship is, first of all, it's based on a great translation of the Bible. But secondly, it's very easy to follow. It's very easy to read. You don't need necessarily uh, to, uh, you know, have a uh, glossary of terms to be able to follow along. Uh, And so uh, if I were you, what I would recommend would be something like the New King James Bible, uh, if you want uh, something with, say, some uh, pretty basic explanatory notes, keep you on track. If you start to get caught up in a thicket of a genealogy or something like that, I'd highly recommend the Word for Today Study Bible mm-hmm. done by Pastor Chuck Smith. It has his notes on there, and they're very accessible and very easy to follow. Yeah. You want to step it up a notch, uh, get more deeply involved. I would say the Thomas Nelson New King James Version Study mm-hmm. Bible very good study Bible to have. Don't agree with every take that they have in there, but they'll give you different uh, points of view on passages and things like that, and a lot of different scriptures to look up. Uh, so you can do your own homework. So I, I think that that would be a, yeah. a good thing. Great. Yeah. yeah. And get yourself a church where they teach the word and that, that have might help teachers too. to help. Yeah. And, and don't forget uh, Dave Guzik's EnduringWord.com. Yes. Uh, site. He goes through the Bible, New King James Version, and gives great comments along the way. Very easy way to go through the whole Bible. Yeah, very good resource yeah. indeed. All right, we'll stick around. We're going live in half an hour. Uh, Book of Ezekiel. Right? Yeah. Yes. Worship that works. All right. God bless you. If not, see you tomorrow. You've been listening to A Reason for Hope. Thank you again for joining us as we continue our journey through God's Word, one question of the heart at a time. Until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.